So we are here. We are live. Welcome. We're on the Hello. Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, creative, heart-centered business in life. And I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm here today with Elise Kay. Very excited to have Elise here. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Elise is a copywriter who helps business owners shift their messaging with authentic copy that sells. Being a natural born writer with a passion for storytelling and authentic sales marketing, she took her talents to the copywriting screets. She has served business owners worldwide by transforming their brand and messaging with compelling copy, representing their expertise and personal brand. And if you think you're not familiar with her work, but you have been in my ecosystem, you've seen her work and maybe it converted you because she wrote the land page for elemental entrepreneurship. Today, you will find her binge watching Law and Order. Okay, I have a sidebar note. We're going to talk Law and Order today with a little man who calls her mama, which I find to be like a cute way to describe your husband's psych. She's talking about her baby. I am dead. That's hilarious. Rude, rude. All funny, the- <laughs> I'm like, I've seen your man. He's not that little. No. He's he taller than you. All while discovering more ways to help experts show up and show out with authentic copy that sells. And we're so excited to have Elise here. Um, If you're watching live on Facebook, if you have questions for Elise, you can throw them in the chat as we go. And at the end, we're going to check out some questions. But first, let's just double click on Law & Order. Do you have a favorite? Are we an SVU? SVU. Actually, I also love the... I don't know why I'm forgetting what it's what the like tagline is for that one, but the one with Stabler, the new is one, really good. Yes, Criminal that Intent. One, yes, that one yeah. is very good. Very it's interesting because that's the first Law and Order franchise where it's not a different case every episode, where mm-hmm. he's been like pulling out a story. Yes, yeah. I listen. I, me and my husband were locked in. We love a daddy Christopher Maloney vehicle. I also live for all of the like ways that the internet has been blowing up over like making grown up Stabler a sex symbol. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's the beard. It's like the, it's the older look. I don't know. It looks good on him. It It really does look good. Yeah. He has aged well. He has. I'm feeling it. Yeah. I was liking his rugged undercover they would do it. They were giving him those sex symbol shots. They were showing the push-up scenes, the shirtless push-up scenes. We're here for it. Yes. <laughs> it was like bad boy stabler. You yeah. know, like they killed off his wife and they were like, all right, we're bringing on the the stapler we've been waiting for. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Give us the stapler we've, we've been waiting for and deserve. I don't know if we deserve it, but we have definitely been waiting. <laughs> all right. Done, done. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> had to talk about Law and Order. Um, Love it. I could talk about it all day. It's so weird to be, I'm not even going to go there. Never mind. I'm just going to say like, it, I, I understand the conflicting viewpoints in myself about the way that I feel about police in real life and loving a procedural. It's mm-hmm. complicated. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, an, yeah, because in real life, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I like. Right. I'm like, we don't have to go down this deal, road, but it is something real, that's like, huh, why you, I'm like. Oh man, but I just love it. I love some Olivia, you know, I love some Stabler, but it's like, you know, in real life, I don't know. I also think, and I will just say, I think the reason a lot of us might love SVU is because it's the way that we wish law enforcement would actually treat victims of sexual Mm. assault. (laughs) Yeah, like probably Olivia, yeah. they really care and they take it seriously and they're like, we are going to fight for you. So exactly. it's kind of a fantasy. Anyway. <laughs> so tell us 
Just a little bit about you, about your background. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Tell us some fun things about you. Yeah. So I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, in a town, you know, nobody really knows about it. About an hour from Boston. Um, I went to college in Tennessee, mm. got a degree in mathematics and business administration management, um, which is so funny because it has absolutely nothing to do with what I do now. <laughs> um, and literally right after I graduated, I started a career in a predominantly um, math-centered field, like very much um, tech mathematics, like just very heavy on that side. And I thought I had nailed it. I had gotten the perfect degree to be marketable and get a job and like make money. And I absolutely hated it. Um, I stayed in the career for three years, but literally within six months of me starting the job, I started my my business. Um, I got into entrepreneurship because I was like, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something that I'm actually like passionate about that I could also make a living from. Um, so I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. So, um, during that entrepreneurship journey is when I discovered copywriting without realizing that it was copywriting. I literally just kind of woke up one day and was like, huh, I wonder if people would pay me to write their captions. Like that's literally how it started. Um, I didn't know that copywriting was a thing. I just knew that I was a really great writer and I had been in entrepreneurship for long enough to understand like the ins and outs of writing when it came to marketing. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to see if people will pay me to write their captions. And I just kind of put myself out there. Um, and I am so grateful to the, the clients that literally like took a chance on me, like in those first, like, few projects. Um, I was so grateful to serve them. And like, you know, they told people about me, I got more confident, I started talking about it more. And it's just kind of blown up over the last few years to this copywriting business that has generated over six figures in revenue today. So yeah, six figures now I Hmm? I said, yes, six figures in revenue. Let's yes, go. <laughs> I literally had to look, I was like, wow, like copywriting alone has brought me over six figures. I'm like, that is crazy. There's so, so many like things I want to like uh, dive into a little bit more in that. But before oh, yeah. I do, because this was my first question based on what you shared, we love to know your, uh, your astrology and your human design, if you know it, sun, moon, and rising, I, if you know it. I don't know it. Somebody oh, told me I should take the human design test. And I, I was we like, can do okay. that. I'll pull it up for you. We can talk about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, we don't have to do just last weekend, <laughs> but your astrology, do you know your sun? At least your sun sign. Is that like your sign? Like the oh Gemini? Your oh your oh I love that. Okay. Yes. Oh yeah, we're having a side meeting where I'm gonna pull all your charts. I love this. Okay, great. So she's a Gemini. Okay, okay. Um, so already you're you have that natural Gemini like gift of gab, love communication and ideas and like connecting with lots of people and being outgoing and vivacious. Those are very Gemini traits. That's so crazy because I was none of those things until I got into entrepreneurship. Oh, like absolutely the shyest person, super introverted. Um, I'm still an introvert. Like I still can't be around like large groups of people for a long time. Like I went to a conference this weekend and I feel like I'm still recovering from being around so many people. Um, I do, I do enjoy communicating like with people that I like and that I can vibe with. And if I don't like you, I'm I'm still nice and kind. I just 
I don't have much to say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, entrepreneurship, I feel like is actually what brought out those um, traits, like being able to communicate, um, kind of like having that gift of gab, being able to talk to people and just be more outgoing because that's kind of the magic in sales, you know, like you can't, you, I mean, you can make sales by just not talking to people, but you tend to make more if you can be out there and build relationships and do those things. And so entrepreneurship is, I guess, what brought out my inner Gemini that had been wanting that. to come out for a while. And I wonder if it's because, like you said, like you got into this career and realized it wasn't for you. And when you got into entrepreneurship, like you're now you're talking about something that you're excited about and it's authentic to you and it gives you like a targeted thing to be talking about that is like your organic innate like interest and passion. I think that's so cool. Um, something that I also wanted to talk about, cause I had a very similar experience really early on is well, two things. One is like getting into a career. That's like the path you think you're supposed to be on. Um, or like, you know, I went to school for this, so now I have to do this. Or like, for me, it was, I was working in like a very high level, like marketing research position when I was like Mm. 16, 17, like very young. And I was like, how did I get this job? But it was like the, like, it was the type of job you're supposed to want to have. It was very high paying. I worked in an office at a nine to five. I was like, this is the thing. Like most of my peers go to school for years and then go through internships to get jobs like this. And I like got into it in a random ass way. And here I am with this job. And I like spent every day on in the floor of the bathroom on my lunch break crying. Like I was like, I hate this. And I hated everything about it. I like, I liked marketing research because I liked that. Like we did, it was a focus group company. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it was like recruiting and going out and talking to people. We were always working on different projects. And then I was working on the client side. So it was very creative, but like the office part of it, having to be Mm. in the same place every day and like having to be in someone else's corporate culture and like the rigidity of it. Um, and like the consumerism obsession of that marketing research is right. It's just like product. How do we make people buy? How do we convince people to buy shit they don't need? I was like, Oh, everything about this feels wrong. But there's like something that's interesting is you can go one of two ways. I think when you have that experience, like some people will go the direction of feeling trapped and blaming themselves and feeling like there's something wrong with them and trying to force themselves to stay because they should be there. And there's something really interesting about being like, not only is this not for me, but now I like feel free because I can check this off the list of something. Like, I don't need to pursue this. I know this isn't for me and I can just go Mm -hmm. somewhere else. I think that's such a special thing that you shared about like how fast you were just like, no, (laughs) fuck my degree, fuck all the money I spent on this degree. I just, I did stay at my nine to five. I stayed there for three years, but I mean, I knew within six months, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely, this is not where I'm going to be like for 20, 30 years. Like when I interviewed with them, like there were people there, they were like, oh yeah, I've been here like 20, 25 years, been here 30 years. Like I'm going on like 40 years and I'm like, oh, okay. So this is a company people like really love. And I tell people all the time, like if you love corporate, you love your corporate job, like that's amazing. And I loved my company that I worked for, I did, but I knew that the role that I was in, and like you said, being in the office, like I was like this, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And I I tell, I tell my friends all the time today, like if I could find like a great paying um, copywriting corporate job in a, in a healthy corporate environment, and I didn't have to leave the house, I would be okay with that. Like I would do both. I would do my business in that and have no problem. I think it's just important to know that like 
you can go after what you're actually like passionate about. Like you can find something that you're passionate about and make a living from it. And it doesn't have to be something that's like miserable, right? Like it doesn't have to look like a stuffy office and a 90 minute commute every day, like all type, all of this extra stuff, especially in this, in 2022, where we're in a predominantly remote world now, right? Yeah. Where, you know, there's so much flexibility and it doesn't have to be as rigid as things were like when I got out of college where it was like, oh, working from home, what is that? Or yeah. like doing Fringe. something That's you're weird. passionate about, like what? So I love it. The other thing I wanted to to point out for those of you listening is that in elemental entrepreneurship terms, I can already guess that Elise is a fire dominant entrepreneur because it's a very fire dominant move to just be like, I had this idea. I wonder if people would pay me to write captions. And I just put it out there and started to see. And like, I'm, I'm like that. Many of my people are like that. A lot of gig workers are like that, which is like from idea to action is there's no time. We just throw the idea out and test it. Um, which is different from say, if you were an earth dominant person, you could potentially be like, and then I spent the next three years planning how I would do it. Right. Like I just like went into meticulous planning and I took a business class and I like did all of these things to lay the groundwork. Or if you're an air person, you would be like, and then I like went into fantasy land about all of the dreams I had about how I was going to change the world through my copywriting business, but I never really made any moves on it. Or like, you know, spirit dominant would be like, and then I made vision boards. And I like meditated about it for months and months and months. And then an opportunity came to me and then I acted on it. Right. Like there's all these different ways, but fire people are like, I had the idea. I made a graphic in Canva. I put it up and I had a client by that night and I'll figure out all the business stuff. Like as I go. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> and that's me too. Literally. And I love that. And so um, one of my questions here was about how you got started in your business. And so I guess now, now that we know that you just like had the idea and put it out there, what were some of the hurdles of, I always get this like image in my head when we work like this. I don't know if it's like, um, like roadrunner cartoon of like, mm -hmm. you're like running across a, a canyon, like building the bridge underneath you as you go. You're just out there like, oh, I guess I need a cancellation policy. Oh, I guess I need contracts. Oh shit. I guess I need a booking system. So like, what yeah. were some of the struggles of like, building the business underneath yourself yeah. as you were already servicing your clients. Yeah. So I actually, I have like, a, I can definitely answer that question because I didn't start out as a copywriter. Like by the time the idea of the captions came around, I had been in business for like a year and a half, probably like trying to figure out like what the heck I was going to actually like be known for in the entrepreneur and like in the online space. Like I was trying to coach, I was trying to do different things in like different niches. And I just kept like flopping. Mind you, that was probably for the best. Cause you know, by that point I didn't really have contracts or like, or know like how to like, like if my business were to have blown up before I got into copywriting, I mean, it, it just would have been a, a, just a terrible situation. Like, I don't know what, Maybe so I, maybe I would be sued. I don't know. I have no idea, <laughs> but, um, I think like when you just like, when you're just starting out, it's like, you're not thinking about contracts. You're not thinking about any of that stuff. Like you're really trying to figure out, okay, like, how am I going to start making some money? Cause I mean, I feel like some people think there's this like huge, like deep reasoning behind why everyone starts as a business owner, like starts a business. And the reality is like, let's just be honest. I mean, like for me, it was like, I knew I could, I was like, Oh, I can make more money like online. Okay. Let me try this. And then as you like are going through it, 
the money, the idea of money, like that might get you started, but that's not what the, what keeps you there, right? That's not why you stay because it's as you're going that things get really hard, right? As you're posting on social media every day and nobody's nobody's commenting, nobody's liking, nobody's buying, nobody's clicking the links in your bio. Um, and then you go through that phase too, where everyone, I feel like everyone in entrepreneurship at some point you pivot. And I think like when you're making the decision of like, hmm, like, should I pivot? Should I, or have I not been trying long enough? Um, like what, how do I know if I need to like move on to something else? And I think in the online space today too, we look at people when they pivot and we think, oh, so they failed. That's what happened. Like, oh, so they were actually just not doing well over there. So they decided to pivot into something else, which that that can happen. That happens a lot. And that's what happened for me, honestly. Like I was doing all these things and I was like, nothing is working. I was like, what is happening? And I just kind of had to like get deep within myself and go back to like my natural talents. I was like, okay, Elise, like let's really just sit and think about like, what are you naturally good at? And what could you actually enjoy in like, in like, in like both, like how can you have both? And I was like, I enjoy writing. I was like, I write really great captions. People love my captions. They love my content. Maybe somebody will pay me to do that. And so when I got my first client, um, she all, she happened to be somebody that was um, really into operations and like the legalities of like business. And so she actually helped me like get my stuff together as far as like contracts and proposals and getting my back end in order, this, that, and the other. And I'm so grateful to her because if I hadn't, I mean, when the clients started coming in just like within a couple months later, no, literally like within like, I think 30 days, like my business like blew up. Like, I think like the next month I made like $10,000 in mm. like copywriting and like um, guest speaking and all that stuff. And if I didn't have my stuff in order, like it just would have been a catastrophe. It no, this is so important. Been. I want to like pull that apart a little bit because this is something that I've talked about a bunch where like, especially for my fire people, like my earth people don't usually have this problem because the earth people are like, no, I have to have all of my bases covered before I tell anyone what I'm doing. Right. I think I'm a mixture yeah. of both. Cause I definitely had my LLC and everything literally like within like four or five months of me deciding I wanted to get into entrepreneurship. I still think that's a fire move. Cause you're like, what do I need? Oh, okay. But it, like, oh, I'm just okay. like making moves, but I, I yes. have a plan. I'm just like doing the things I think I'm supposed to do. Or like, I looked it up, I read an article and then I did the shit. Um, yes. But like this thing about a lot of times when you're approaching it and I started this way too, right? Like from necessity. It's so funny. I literally made a post about this yesterday about how the worst reason to start a business is to make money. But a, a lot of us did. Like we were just like, I literally just have to make money. And I'm not like, some people are like, well, I have a bunch of clothes and I can sell my stuff on eBay. Right. Like I didn't have that. I was like, what are my skills? What can I do? And at the beginning of like my gig life, I did tons of stuff. Like I've built people's websites. I've made people's logos. I've done CD covers for people. Like I used to do like all kinds of like side graphic design. So like all kinds of weird, anything I could monetize as a hustle, because I was, that was my only goal was like, how do I just make money without a job? That was all I cared about, but that's not really a business. And like you said, right. doesn't sustain you mm -hmm. through the times when no one's buying, you have to like care about what you're doing enough that on the days that no one's buying, you still want to do it and show up. And that mm -hmm. takes a little, a little introspection. Um, 
But I think when you're starting from that place of like, well, I'm just trying this out and I don't know if it's going to work yet. So I don't want to put a ton of money into the infrastructure or like time and money and effort into the infrastructure because I don't know if it's going to work. But when you kind of know deep down that you don't have your contracts in place and you don't have your systems in order and you don't have an onboarding process and you don't have a booking system, you know that like under, the, <laughs> I, like when you have people over and you're like, my living room looks clean, but like, don't let them open my bedroom door. Cause I just Listen. threw all the shit behind that door. And so like, you're just like, don't look, you don't want anyone to like look under the hood, but you don't realize that you may not even really be promoting yourself as heavy because you kind of deep down know that your business is a mess. And like, if you did attract a client, you really respected, they would see that you don't have your shit together. And so it becomes this weird self-fulfilling thing of like, you're not making money because you're not that confident in promoting yourself as a business owner, but you don't really feel confident in promoting yourself as a business owner because you haven't laid the foundation, but you don't want to lay the foundation because you're not making money. You get like stuck in this little weird loop. And I see a lot of people in that loop. I definitely lived in that loop for a long time. (laughs) I did too. And it's like, you know, I think you made such a good point too when you know, you don't want to spend the money in the beginning because you're not sure if it's going to work. And now that you've like talked about what the fire person is, I was like, oh, wait, I definitely am. Because I mean, like I right out the bat, like my first, like as soon as I knew that I was interested, I spent two grand on like a course and then another like four grand on like a mastermind to learn like all these things. Because I was like, I want to learn how to do this. And I think those kind of like those investments, those big investments, even from the beginning. And I kept doing them for a while. Like now I'm in the place where, you know, I have an accountant and stuff. So I'm definitely more like careful and I'm more mindful. Um, but it was one of those things where it was like, okay, I put these on a credit card. Now I don't have a choice. Like this has to work. Yeah. Right. Like even years later, now I'm like, this still has to work. Right. I can't just stop. I can't just like give up, like it has to work. And I think that's what made me to like, not be so afraid to invest in the foundations, right? Like to actually, you know, invest in getting my LLC, right? Getting the business bank accounts, getting the contracts in place, playing for those backend systems um, to help like Dubsado that helps you with all these things where you can put your contracts and all these different things, right? Or, or having like an actual payment system, like using Stripe and PayPal and not Cash App and Venmo or Zelle because, you know, you don't, you're afraid to let go of the 3% fee or whatever. It's like, you know, like I wanted to be legitimate as early as I could. And if I wasn't, it's because I probably didn't know, right? Yeah. Like I had no idea Dubsado was a thing. I didn't know yeah. what that was. I had no idea there were systems that helped like do all these things. I was like, I need that. And for those of you who don't know, Dubsado is a CRM, like a client management system and portal um, that a lot of service providers use. Um, And the stuff that that Elise and I are talking about, this is stuff that you can do with a coach. It's also something that you can get from elemental entrepreneurship. But I think that something that's really important to say is that like most of service-based businesses or even artists, right? We're good at the thing we're good at we don't necessarily know about how to build a business. Like we know about, like Elise knew about writing good captions and writing copy for people. Like I, (laughs) there's things I knew about at the beginning and a lot of them weren't business, right? Like I had a dance business for years and years and like I had lots of like arts-based businesses. Mm -hmm. I knew how to do the thing I knew how to do. Mm -hmm. And then everything else you're scrambling behind 
And that stuff for a lot of creatives, it like erodes our self-esteem. And we start thinking we're not good at the, we're not good at our craft when the reality is you just don't know stuff about business. And there's mm-hmm. no reason you should innately know that because no one teaches it. And at the right. beginning, the beginning stages of business are really hard because there's so much shit you have to learn and do that you only have to do once, right? Like learning all this stuff about like, should I be an LLC or an S corp? At what Mm -hmm. point should I incorporate? When do I blah, blah, blah. Do I need a TOS? Like there's all these things you have to learn and understand and like acquire. And there is a cash outlay that you kind of have to do, but you don't really know what you actually have to do and what you can skate by without, if you don't have guidance, there's just a lot. And you only have to do those things usually once, like you get these things set up in place and then maybe you re- have to review them in a couple of years. But like the beginnings are hard because there's so much shit you have to do to really get established and a lot of new concepts to learn. And I think that's why, like, I love working with people at these beginning stages because it's so intimidating. And I remember how intimidating it was for me, but once you get it all in place, you feel like this sigh of relief. You're like, Oh, I'm a real business. This is a real thing. I feel so secure and established. And I think there's something funny that happens for us when, when we're in that place of like, I don't want to invest in myself before I know it's going to work. Yeah. Energetically, other people feel that you're like, you want your clients to invest in you, but you don't want to invest in yourself. Like you don't even take your own business seriously, but you want me to pay thousands of dollars to work mm. with you. And I think there's a lot of that out there all yeah. the time is people out mm. there who are like, internally, I'm not investing in myself or taking my own business seriously. Cause I'm waiting for you to prove to me that I'm good enough before Ooh, I invest yeah. in myself. Yeah, And like, it doesn't work like that because you're trying to build a following, but who do followers follow? They follow leaders. Like you have mm. to lead in your business. Exactly. You have to lead the way you have to be like, come follow me over here. I'm going to bring you to a place. Oh, yeah. great transition. Let's talk about the word empowerment. Like I saw your, so your business is called AK empowerment. And that's interesting because you have a copy business. So why did you choose the word empowerment? Well, when I first remember when I first, first started in entrepreneurship, I wasn't, um, a copywriter Mm. and I I thought about like, since I've had the copywriting business, I've thought about, "Hmm, do I want to change it? Do I want, and I'm just like, no, I don't because I feel like the name is very representative of where, like what was in my head when I first started um, and I feel like it can still follow me today. I mean, AK is just my initials right to my name. And I think, and I'll be honest at the time, like the coach that I had, like her business at the end of the name was empowerment. And it, like in the group program I was in, just most of the people just picked something and then they put empowerment. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to put. So I'll just put that. And I figured it was safe, you know, cause it was my name and empowerment. And I think even back then, you know, I was, I had the idea of like, okay, I mean, I think this makes sense because I want to empower people with my business. Um, at the time, I think I was doing financial coaching. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to empower people, you know, by getting right with their finances, this, that, and the other. And I think even today, like I'm a copywriter, but I still feel like people are empowered every time I, I deliver a piece of copy to a client and they read it and they're like, oh my gosh, like, this is me. Like this, this, this is like, this is who I am. Like this, like makes me feel so empowered and confident to know that like, this is here. Right. Cause most of the clients, like, you know, if they came to me, they're struggling with messaging. They're trying to figure that they have all these ideas in their head and they don't know how to put it on the page like that. And here they are reading it 
exactly how they would have been wanted to say it for themselves, but they couldn't. Right. And it's like, wow, like now this is here. Like I feel now I feel empowered to put this up on a sales page and to sell. Right. I feel empowered to send this out to my email list and sell. Right. So, I mean, I think the name still fits. Like, I'm kind of glad I didn't I wasn't copyrighted back then because I may have put something like, I don't know, copy related. And who knows where my business is going to be like years down the line. You know what I mean? Like, I may want to do some different things like who knows. So I love everything about this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still happy with the name. I'm glad I picked something simple like AK like and just kind of left it like that because I think I still love it. So I'm How many times have people made jokes? I don't know. Like I immediately think about like today, I didn't even have to use my AK, but AK is your name. I, never mind. <laughs> the thing is, I'll look it up and I'll be like, oh wait, I forget that this is a weapon. I don't even like think about it. <laughs> I don't think about it at all. I'm just like, AK, that's me. So yeah, that's me. Um, and then there's like the AKA, but that's all like, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> um this is like what happens when people with ADHD host podcasts. I'm like, I have 17 divergent thoughts all at once. That's okay. Um, so I love that what you said about empowerment. And I, I assumed that was why what you just described, because that is the experience that I've had um, with having people write copy for me. And I also think about like, I'm this friend, like if we're out somewhere, I'm with a friend. I do this all the time. I'm like, this is Elise. Uh, like, and you're like, oh, hey. And they're like, well, Elise, what do you do? And you're like, oh, you know, like I, I do some writing, you know, like my friends like downplay and I'll be like, move. Elise is a copywriter. She has a business called AK Empowerment. She's phenomenal. She helps people, you know what I mean? Like I'll step in and be like, move, let me tell you what she does. Cause she's going to downplay it. Like we all have, I think for most of us, our initial impulse is to downplay ourselves and our skills and not want to seem, especially for femmes, we don't want to seem braggy Mm -hmm. and we don't want to like overhype ourselves and we don't want to seem conceited. And then also we may have some stuff of like, oh, like, am I an expert? I don't know. I'm just starting. I don't know how to put this. I don't know how to position it. And so we, our tendency might be to minimize or downplay Um, but when we break all of our stuff that we're doing down and we hand it to someone else, like Elise has no, um, like she has no reservations or internal like blocks to believing that I'm good at my job. Like she doesn't have any of my limiting beliefs or any of my doubts. Try not to use the word limiting beliefs because it's like so culty, but like, you know what I mean? Like she doesn't have any of my weird self-esteem problems. She's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, like I'm just looking at the credits here. I'm going to put this all together and hand it back to you. And when someone else gives you that back, that experience of like, I sound really official. Like I sound legit. I also felt that way the first time I had another designer who specialized in sales pages mm-hmm. build a, a landing page for me because like I've done graphic design that's designed to be pretty, but yeah. that's not the same as stuff that's designed to sell. There is right. an art, a special separate thing to stuff that's designed to convert. So this is a mm-hmm. great segue to talk about like the difference between content and copy. Like that mm-hmm. thing of like, 
how we put together something that's designed to sell is very different than something that's just designed to be informative, right? Like I see that with websites a lot. You go to someone's website and you're like, this is like an old school type, like it's a portfolio. Like I have to Mm -hmm. dig to go find information about you, which is not really how sales pages look now. Right. So let's talk a little bit about like the difference between content and copy. Can you, let's just start there content and I actually have people ask this question all the time like content like think anything that's made to simply inform you or educate you or entertain you you know like if you you know people that post up things just about you know their dog or if you were to post something hey guys like my cat um went to the went to the vet today or you know hey guys I just moved out of the country or this that and the other like things that you know your audience like enjoys right but it's not necessarily meant for them to buy from you right like you're not necessarily sharing it with the intent to like sell them something right then there's no call to action it's kind of just like hey guys here's just a breath of fresh air um to know that i'm here and i'm i i can't wait to like you know share more with you guys entertain you guys educate you guys inform you guys of what's going on um versus you know copy is specifically written, right? You can have content that's in video. You can have content that's just, you know, pictures, um, also written as well, just not with the intent to sell. And then you have copy, which is specifically written content, right? Written content with the intent to sell you, right? So there's a certain way. um, It's usually very persuasive, right? Not in like a scammy way. Like if, if, if you're good at the scale, then it shouldn't sound scammy, right? Like if you know how to, um, you know, appease to your audience in a way that lets them, lets them know that you hear them, right? That you see them, right? So written copy tends to be very persuasive. Um, I tend to love storytelling in my copy, right? So it's very, you know, easygoing, right? It can be in the form of a story that's with the intent to persuade you to do something, right? It could be anything. It could be click a link, right? It could be sign up for this webinar. It could be purchase this product. It could be apply for this mastermind, right? But it's written specifically in such a way that should get your audience to do something, to take action. I love that. What do you see like, people doing on Instagram or even on their websites or their sales pages where you can tell they like, they wrote it themselves and they're like, they're trying, but it misses the mark on being copy. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing when it comes to, and I try not to judge people's copy as far as like, whether it's just copy, whether it's copy or just content, because I don't know everyone's audience, right? You know what your audience buys from. And if you swear that this type of copy is what your audience will buy, then I mean, okay, cool. But um, I think for me, it's not even really like, oh, this copy isn't persuasive or this copy is more like content. I think what gets me most when I'm reading like copy that misses the mark is when I know that you would never say that, right? Like I'm reading the sales page and it's saying all these things and you can tell like it's meant to, you know, attract specific people, but I'm like, you don't talk like that. I've heard you talk. I've engaged in your content. Sometimes I've even met you in person and I know that's not what you would say. And you'd simply in here with the hopes that you're going to make a sale from a specific type of person. And that is, it's, it's, 
it's off, right? Because number one, you may attract that person, but once they get into your container or they get into your, you know, whatever it is you're offering, they're going to realize that they're going to feel like they bought from a fraud, right? They're going to false advertising, right? It's like, Oh, I thought I bought from this person, but that's not actually who you are. Right. And so when it comes to copy, I'm very much into authenticity. Like I think that matters more than anything, because I think when you're authentic, like sales comes naturally. Right. And I think when you try to focus on just the sales part, when you try to focus on, okay, like this is the template that I got, this is the formula, like it has to be like this in order um, for it to sell, then you, you miss the mark. You miss the mark there because now you're, you're simply just focused on the sale and you forget about yourself, right? And you forget about your audience and like who it is that they're actually wanting to buy from. At the end of the day, like, yes, it's about like your audience and your client, but remember they're buying from you. Right. So you could get so caught up in the formula on what's going to sell my audience that you completely take you out of it. And now you just have a sales page of of who. Right. Like, who who are they buying from? (laughs) Oh, it's so real. And I've the first time I hired a copywriter, I spent a lot of money for copy that was unusable. And I had big, long talks with this person and I filled out all these forms and like. I was very clear about who I am and how I am. Like you've worked with me. So you read even my intake form for you. Like I like shared a lot going in about like, this is what I do. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And I talk on social media all the time. So it's not hard to get a feel from my voice. Like you can go read my stuff, watch me talk and get a feel for what my voice is, which I want to just point out, like if you're hiring someone to write for you, one of the things you are hiring them to do is to get into your voice and not just Mm -hmm. write as themselves. Mm -hmm. But this was somebody who was very well known, who worked with a lot of, at the time, like big coaches in the online space. And I was like, well, if these people are making money off of her copy, then, then she'll probably do very well for me. Mm. And I realized that all of these people have her voice. Because what I got back was like, it just didn't sound like me at all. And it was like, there's something, it like makes my skin crawl, but there's this very like, uh, (laughs) like, it's like, uh, like when they're like kitten, babe, sis, divine goddess, like it's like super, super femme, but in this really fake kind of condescending way. And like, I don't only work with women and femmes. And that's something that I'm like very upfront about. And like, like not all of my people are like, there's, it was like really fake women's empowerment language Mm -hmm. that was just like, I was like, this doesn't sound like me at all. My people wouldn't know this for a mile away that I didn't write this. Mm -hmm. And I would be embarrassed to put this up. Like, this is gross. And I couldn't do anything about it. I just like changed it all. Like I paid a lot of money for copy that like me and my, um, like a couple of my clients who really knew me Mm -hmm. helped me rework it, but they read it and they were like, ew, like, what is it? Like, I would have been so turned off if I went to your website and it sounded like this, like, this is the exact kind of stuff I like run from. And this is someone who is making a lot of money writing landing pages for people out there. So if you've encountered those landing pages that are like overly familiar, like, Hey girl, those pages, like she might've written. I feel like in my, I feel like in my head, I know who you're talking about. And I think (laughs) that's interesting too, because something I try really hard to do is like, I don't want you to put two of my work next to each other and you be able to tell that I wrote both of them. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I really work hard to try to like differentiate. And I think you make a good point. Like I remember on your form when you were like, none of that's fake female empowerment language. No kitten, <laughs> babe, nothing. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. It's so gross. I remember though, there was a time, especially when I first got into online space, like that kind of copy was it it right? really That's, popped off for a few years like what 2015 yes. 2016 everybody was babing and kittening everywhere <laughs> Get That's what that. sold and I think too like you have to be open to changing because it's very hashtag girl boss <laughs> right and the market today in 2022 is very different right like people will eat you alive if if they see hey babe they're like ew why is this here what does this mean? Why? Unless they know that this is something that you say, this, that, and the other, like, that's just you. But yeah, like now I actually see that a lot, like no babe or, or like, um, girl boss or like things like, like, they're like, none of that, please. And I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I'm so glad we're growing out of that phase. My people too, like my people are so funny because they know me. Like I would be more likely to say my good bitch than (laughs) babe. Like if I said that, they'd be like, I know that's Sarah's. That's like, no, that that's you. Or like, I'd be like, listen, house. And they'd be like, oh, yes, that's H E A U X. They'd be like, ah, oh, that's Sarah for sure. But like, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing too. Like, as a copywriter, that's something too. You have to, which is why too, I, I work with specific people, people that I know I would enjoy writing for, right? Like, if I know that it's going to be really, tough. Like I've, I've done my research into your brand, like when somebody fills it out and I'm like, I don't feel like I would be able to properly represent you like in the best way possible. I just won't take on the client. Like, I mean, there are just some things I know that I'm good at and there are some things I'm okay with admitting that, Hey, I probably wouldn't be the best person for this. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Just kind of And then I think about like my landing page for Master Moon, right? Like this this is a very spiritual product, but like that page is like full of F-bombs and there's like naked people on it. And I remember my dad seeing it when I was working on it at home a couple years ago. I was there for the holidays and I was working on it and he was like, is that lady naked? I don't know if this page should say fuck so much. And I was like, that is not my target audience. Like my people love this shit. Like you would not, like you definitely would not buy from me for sure. But that's also okay. And like, there is something about like, like you said about consistent voice. If my, if my copy was super sanitized and cleaned up and then you got on a call with me and I was talking the way that I really talk, which is kind of like a sailor. Like I just was dropping F-bombs everywhere and making jokes. You'd be like, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) I need to put that front and center because if you are uncomfortable with being called bitch as a term of endearment, then you're not my target market. (laughs) You should not be in a container with me. And I think there's even a way, like even as a copywriter, because I'm a copywriter and I don't, I don't cuss a lot really, nor do I really write it much in copy, but there is, I feel like there's still a way that you can, you can get people's voices. Like, you know, even when I was writing your copy, I don't even remember. I don't think I... I don't think we cussed. I I don't think we cussed much in that one. Maybe I did. I don't think I did, but you were still able to read yourself, right? You were still able to think like, oh yeah, this is what, this is, this is me. This is representative of what like I'm trying to say, you know? And I think, you know, I think as a copywriter too, sometimes you want to overthink and think that you can't do it. Um, 
no, don't get me wrong. I can't do everything. There are some things I just, I won't, I won't even do. But I think too, I think this speaks to like any entrepreneur, right? Like you probably can do it, right? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes we want to psych ourselves out of like, oh, maybe this will be, maybe this is too big of a project for me, or maybe I can't do it. When it's like, all I had to do is do some research on your brand, right? Watch some videos with you, like, you know, talk about your product or like talk about things. And I was like, oh, I could definitely do this because at the end of the day, it wasn't just about what you were saying too. Like I write very well based on how passionate my clients are about what it is that they do. Right. That's what makes it so easy for me to do it. I'm like, Oh, I, cause that, that radiates me. Right. And I'm like, okay, great. Now I feel like I can, I can engage in who Sarah is and what she would say, because I can feel how passionate she is about what she does. I love that. Who are, I know you mentioned there's some projects you don't take. And that's one of the questions I had here. Like who are, or not who, but like, what are some of the things when someone applies to work with you that make you not take the job? And not just that you don't feel like you can get their voice. Cause I think we tapped on that one, but like, what are some things that make you feel like, like this person isn't ready for a copywriter yeah. or like projects where you're like, I, I, it's not aligned for me to do this. What are some of those things? Yeah. So I think it's easier to talk about this based on project, actually a project that I have done that I felt like wasn't a good fit from the beginning, but I went with it anyway, and it just wasn't. So I try not to work with people that are brand new, like they've never sold anything, um, unless I can tell that they're very, very clear on what it is that they're trying to do. And that could be because maybe they have experience doing it. They've just never done it in like business form. And now they're ready to kind of bring it that way. So they might be clear, but they've never, like the business itself is is new, right? But they have, they have the expertise. But people that, you know, they're very new to the expertise. So they don't really know if it works yet. Right. They don't really know. Um, they don't really have like a process that they take their clients through. They're not really sure like who they work with. Like I, I had somebody apply and we got on the call and everything. And, you know, she wanted to create a, she wanted to create a course, um, on how to sell on Instagram. Right. But she had never made sales on Instagram. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I am uncomfortable. Right. I was like, I'm not doing that. That's, that's, that's lying. So it was like, yeah, I'm not comfortable doing that. And I didn't, we didn't end up moving forward on the project, but really it comes down to, I try not to work with people that I can just tell are very unclear, right? Because what happens is I'll put in all this effort to do the work, do the project and you'll come back and be like, oh, this, this doesn't, this isn't what I want because um, this isn't what I meant. Like I have more clarity now on this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So I try to work with people that have the expertise already and experience um, just because number one, I'm not cheap. And I don't want you to have to make this investment more than once. Um, I want you to be in a place where you're ready to invest in a copywriter. And if it's for a website or a sales page, you don't have to invest in it again because it's it's exactly where you want it to be, right? Um, yeah, so more. I love that. 
And I will say, and this and just made me think of it when you said when people like haven't sold before, when I brought Elise in to do the copy for the Elemental Entrepreneurship landing page, I had already run and sold three rounds of that program before I invested in upgrading the copy for the page and hiring a designer to do the page. The first time I ran it, it was a complete beta. It was very, very cheap because it was me piloting the concept. The second time I ran it, it was with a bit more clarity and I ran it off of the exact same like cobbled together experimental kind of sales page that I did the first time when I was like, I'm testing out this idea. Just jump in if you feel like you're interested. And then I really knew what it was. It took me a couple times of running it before I really knew what it was. I had proof of concept. I had some people who had gone through it. I had a handful of testimonials and I knew for myself and my business, this is the product. Like I'm going to run with this for a long time. And now is a good time for me to really invest kind of similar to what we were saying at the beginning about building the business itself. Like Mm -hmm. I threw out the idea, I tested out the idea and I was like, okay, I need to really invest in like making this solid and having landing page copy that I can use over and over for this product. Like once you have copy for a product you plan on launching multiple times, it's just done. Like if I relaunch Elemental a few more times and if I go back to doing it uh, live versus doing it as a course, which is how it is now, I would use that same, I wouldn't change anything. I would use the exact same copy Elise wrote for me. The only thing I'd probably change on there besides the dates would be, I have more testimonials now. But once you've invested in copy, it does help to do it when you're really clear. And I think you, by bringing that up, you pointed out something really good, which is, I think that people, if you're at the beginning stages of your business and you haven't gone through an elemental, this is air work. Like you haven't figured out your why, your who, and fire people. A lot of us don't know our why when we start, because our why was to make money. We were like, uh, I'm starting a business because rent is due on Friday and I need to make money. Like we didn't do it because we had a big mission to start with. So if you don't have those things in place, also sometimes we're like, I'm afraid to narrow down who I serve because say you're like, well, I'm a massage therapist. Like I could ever, anyone with a body, like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? I have to narrow it down. Or like, I've been through life coach training. Like I could coach anybody who's alive. Like, what do you mean? I have to narrow down. So if you haven't done the kind of deep introspective work of figuring out why a business, why not a hobby? Why not work for someone else? Why do Mm -hmm. I have a business? Who am I and who am I for? And like, what am I trying to do with this? What's the overall goal of this project? And you haven't figured that out for yourself and you're just scrambling to make sales. You might have convinced yourself that the problem is that is copy and -hmm. expect a copywriter to be able to solve the problem of you not knowing what the fuck you're actually trying to do. And that's not their job. They cannot do that for you. Right. Like I literally have like a part of my contract and it's like, this copy is a representation is representative of what you the client are able to tell the copywriter like like I have that in there because some people just think copywriters work magic from nothing and it's like no 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 that's not how this works that's why I wanted you to fill out this form that you didn't fill out that's why I'm asking you all these questions about your business that you don't want to answer yeah. Like, and you're, I remember that me. form is quite extensive. Like I wrote a lot just to get started on the process. And it made perfect sense to me because I was like, yes, yeah, she needs to know all this stuff to be able to write 
for me. Right. Like, how like, could she, she couldn't do what I'm asking her to do without me giving her all of this information. Right. I have some people that just don't. Some of my friends are like, you should just, you know, have a fee in there that I can pay. So I don't have to fill it out. I was like, or you can just fill it out. <laughs> yeah. The copy can't, it can't mask a lack of clarity. And, and I, to me, right. Well, it's to me, I feel like when you don't want to fill out the form and it's actually been spot on, I actually just realized it. Like, as we're talking, when you don't want to fill out the form that tells me that there is a lack of clarity because you can't tell me like the basics, right. Or you're afraid, or there's stuff going on in your head and you feel like you can't actually write it out. And so that tells me, okay, so there might be a lack of clarity here. Right. And here's the thing. I have people that don't fill it out. It just, it just requires more digging from my end. Right. And you're still going to have to answer them. Right. You're still going to have to answer the questions. So whether or not you have a lack of clarity or you don't, it's going to come out on that kickoff call. So I think it also sounds indicative to me of people trying to, and I definitely know that I felt like this at one point, trying to outsource all of the things that you don't feel confident about in your business mm -hmm. or that you haven't done yet. Right. So you're trying to get a copywriter to solve the lack of clarity problem, or you're hoping that like, like I can buy solutions to like all of these things. Right. So it's people who like, they're trying to hire a VA or they're trying to get paid ads. Like you're trying to pay for, you're trying to throw money at all of these problems that are really foundational mm -hmm. problems of you understanding your own business at a core level. Like who are you? What are you doing here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why should anyone care? Why would they buy from you? Like you have to know that. And there's no amount of money you can throw at anyone else who's going to be able to solve you not knowing that. Exactly. Exactly. So when is a good time for someone to hire a copywriter? So for me, I used to say, okay, once you've hit the six-figure mark, um, you might be ready for a copywriter. But I've had people that um, weren't making six figures that felt completely confident in hiring me. Like financially, they were fine with it. Um, and they were very clear. So I think for me, you have people that have the expertise already. Like maybe they come from corporate, right? And they've developed that like skill set in their corporate job. And now they're creating a business with all those skills that they've already built on. And so they're clear, they know exactly who they want to serve. They know exactly what they do. And they're like, Hey, I kind of want to just start out with something that's good and official from the jump. Like I had the skills that already, I know I can do it. I know I can give results because I've done it before. Um, I'm just now bringing it into business. Right. And so I feel like, Number one, if you have the expertise and or skill set to serve and get results, right? I feel like that's a huge thing. If you can do that and you're clear on what it is that you do, who you serve and the results that they can get from working with you, um, like you have a clear process, all that stuff is like already kind of solidified. And financially, I would want you to, you know, feel confident in your business where if you hired me as a copywriter, and you put out the sales page, whatever, and you didn't get sales that you're not coming back and blaming the copywriter, 
right? Because you, you didn't have any money. So you were like, I took a chance on this because I thought this would make me, you know, more money, but it didn't, right? Because zero times zero is still zero, right? Zero X anything is zero. There was nothing. It's she has not. a math degree. So that's verifiable. <laughs> you can trust her. It just is what it is. So, I mean, for me, um, I would prefer if your business has generated some revenue, consistent revenue, but if it hasn't, you know, as long as you're a person that's willing to take on radical responsibility for the results, um, I'm okay with you, right? Like I'll take you on if I feel like you have the clarity, you have the vision, you know exactly what it is that you're doing and that's what you want. We'll have a good time, right? As long as you're taking the responsibility for the results, um, that you are able to get, then that's fine. At least okay just also it. gave you the key to being a CEO. Like, are you taking radical responsibility for the results? And I think that is, you know, tied to this idea of like, if you're trying to outsource away all of these issues in your business, some of that is deep down you trying to abdicate responsibility for whether or not things are working and be able to say, well, like I hired an OBM to do all of this stuff for me and they didn't do it. And it's like, well, did they not do it? Or would you, were you not able to give them any leadership or any direction or, you know, are you the bottleneck in your business? Are you like, there are so many ways that people may not be in a place of taking complete ownership for their results. And you can never blame a contractor or someone you hired for something, for some, for anything not working in your business. I mean, the only contractors that you can blame for things outright are like the ones that you hire to work on your house. Like if you fucked up the electrical in my wall, you did that. I, I hired you because I don't know, but it's, it's true. It's true. The rest of the time, it's probably you as the CEO needing to take full, full responsibility for the reins of the project. Mm -hmm. You know, like I can, thinking back about the example of me hiring this copywriter and getting unusable copy it was my fault, right? Like it was my fault because I got suckered into going, I wanted to sit at the cool kids table. Mm. I wanted to, like, I was looking at someone popular who I was seeing get work with all of these other people who are claiming. And now we really know that who knows, but they're claiming that they're making six and seven figure years and all of this. I'm having mm. a 50 K month and blah, blah, blah. And this is their copywriter. And I'm here thinking, well, if her work works for them, it must work for for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like it should work for me and not vetting people, not talking to multiple different copywriters before I made my decision. I really mm -hmm. went with someone based on thinking that if they were getting those kinds of results for other people, they would get them for me too. And then it would have been irresponsible of me to continue on when I got that copy and just put it out and try it. Mm. the place that I had to step in and take responsibility was the day I got it back and my stomach sank. And I was like, well, I just flushed thousands of dollars down the drain. Cause I am not putting this out. And if I had put it out and then people like felt like there was a mismatch between my copy and my personality that I would have to take that L too. Like we have right. to be, we are solely responsible as the business owner for all of these decisions, including the ones where we're just like, ugh, cringe. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. It's like, even the situations too, like, you know, where you hire a coach and maybe the coach doesn't deliver this, that, and the other. And, you know, even though is the coach wrong for not delivering on what they said they were going to do? Absolutely. But also thinking back to why did I hire this person in the first place? Was it because of hype? Was it because um, everyone was talking about them? Or like you said, I wanted to sit at the cool kids table only to be disappointed, 
right? And so I think it's I think it's important too to never forget like the your core, right? Like your core beliefs and values on why it is you do what you do, why you believe what you believe and and using that in the hiring process as well. Like why are you actually hiring this person? What is it about them that attracts you to their work or believes that they can actually help you? And and not forgetting that just because everyone else was talking about this person. It's like, you know, everyone else could be talking about, you know, a specific coach. I'm not interested in hiring you because I don't support this, this or that. And I'm like, I'm good with that. Like we're okay. I should have been honest with myself. I am not a cool kid. Never have been. <laughs> not cool. Super not cool. Um, so we've been on forever and I don't want to keep you all day. Um, I feel like we've touched on a lot of things. Um, any parting words that you would like to share with people? Any words of wisdom? Anything like, oh, how about this? If someone is not at a place yet where they are ready to hire a copywriter, what are some tips that you can give them to help improve their online writing while they're working on yeah. it? Yeah. So I, one thing for me is that when I first got in the online space, like I really thought that you had to write a certain way and sound a certain way in order to like make sales. And I think that's kind of what guided me to the role of copywriting, like how I ended up in the first place, because I really struggled to be authentic when I first got into the online space. And I think most people, when you're new, especially, you know, social media, it, it's, it, it is a highlight reel. Right. And so it's easy to feel like you have to be a certain way on social media in order to make money, in order to make sales, in order for people to like you. And the reality is like authenticity is is the best. Authenticity is where it's at. Authenticity is what's going to attract your true um group of people, right? Your true ideal clientele that wants to buy from you because of who you are, right? Because you have a skill set, because they they respect your values, they respect you. And so I always tell beginners, because I feel like the foundation of copywriting isn't just being able to write, it's being able to write authentically or just being able to be authentic in general, right? Knowing who you are and letting that show in your copy unapologetically because it will attract the people that it's supposed to attract and repel the people that it's supposed to repel and, and not being too attached to, you know, well, what are people going to think if I, if I decide to actually be myself in the online space, or I actually decide to write like who I am, right. Or how I talk. And so, yeah, I guess. Thank you so much for that. I love that so much. And again, elementally, this is, this is all in the realm of air and what's interesting, right? Elise is an air sign. She's Gemini. I have an air chart signature. I have a Gemini Mercury. Um, people think of air as being all intellect, but in terms of chakras, air is associated with the heart. And when you're speaking from your heart, it's very simple and it's very clear. And all of that other stuff all of the comparison and the copying and the looking around at what other people are doing and wondering like, well, can I be successful if I do it my way? That's all head, right? That's all you getting caught up in this head trip of, you know, being online, being in the social space, whatever self-doubts, insecurities, stuff from elementary school. You're like, oh, like I got picked on for talking like that, or I got picked on for sharing this side of myself. And so now I hide it, right? A lot of these things that we might be embarrassed about might be our superpower in business when we're just, like she said, unapologetic, right? Our heart 
chakra, our heart space is about being unconditional, right? That unconditional love and acceptance of yourself and who you are so that you can share that with others is going to be so much more attractive than all of the like babes and kittens in the world. (laughs) On that note, where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram. My website isn't done yet, so don't look for it. (laughs) My Instagram is at Elise K, A-L-E-I-S-E-K-A-Y. And we're going to put that in the show notes. So you can click on it. You can go visit Elise. You can check out her packages. You can work with her. When are you booking for? Because I know she is booked. I'm telling you, this girl is booked. I am booking for, what month are we in? March and April. Lovely. Yes, March and April. Yeah. So if you have something coming out in summer, in summer, like we got to think ahead here, people, if you have something coming out in summer, that's when you would book Elise for March and April so that she can get you the copy. So you can get the copy to your web designer. Cause you need to plan. these. Right. <laughs> exactly. Not two weeks before. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that to anyone. Not, especially not to yourself. You'll be so stressed. So thank you so much, Elise, for being on the show. And thank you all of you for joining us, for watching, for listening. We know you could be anywhere else and you're here with us and we appreciate it. Kay, love you. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time. So many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching or join my Facebook group unstuck group to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.